message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Can we give it up for everyone listening to the podcast right now? Can we give it up for everyone who's going to retire their romper right now because fall's on its way? That'll be the real podcast intro right there. <laughs> Anyways, we've got two people that, I, that I've come to know and understand. Hairy Italians like me who wait for fall so that you can reasonably um, like wear less clothing and sweat less or people who just live for the summer like my wife. And um, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I know that I love, I absolutely love the fall. And it's really been like a challenge for me to learn how to love the summer because I melt. And God has put this black, permanent black sweater on me so that I can survive harsh climates. <laughs> Some of you are like, bless Julie, God, bless her. Um, but if you know, you know what I'm talking about. This is our final installation of Endless Weekend. And really what this message series has been all about is about how we just long to hold on to the weekend. You know, if you're a human being, you probably come into Sunday and then you dread the Monday, right? It's like you don't meet a lot of people who celebrate Monday, who wake up out of the bed and go, "Woo! I'm glad to be alive. It's Monday. Back to the monotony. Thank you, God. I love it. We don't really know that many people like that because it's not human and we have this desire to really just have this endless weekend. And I think for summer, you know, kids are going back to school and you just kind of, you're holding on to the last vestiges of it sometimes. And we've been going through this series and just to jog your memory, we had this powerful service called Reset. Was anyone reset during Reset? You know, we just have had these themes that the Lord's been speaking into people's lives. And even our church has grown through this series because people have come one time and said, you know what? My life was legitimately changed and it maybe didn't happen during worship. It maybe didn't happen even during the service. It maybe didn't even happen at the prayer time afterwards. It happened upstairs on the mezzanine and God's just been breaking out all over this place. But whatever you came for today, whether it was a friend or a family member inviting you, or maybe you were just foaming at the mouth on the edge of your seat, um, waiting for McGregor to get knocked out yesterday um, so that you could just go to bed and get ready for church, um, God's got something for you. So why don't you just tap the person next to you and say, it's your day today. Why don't you just tap that other person that you just so savagely ignored and say, you too, you too, bro. <laughs> the title of this message today is remember not remember not see you know there are some people who are real eloquent but I'm built for breakthrough and you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna spit I'm gonna shout I'm gonna climb all over these leather, leather recliners and do whatever I've got to do to get the message that God has for you today is that all right we're a church that talks back. You are not going to get in trouble for talking back to me today. You can say, hallelujah, amen. You can yell. Occasionally, I'll drop a point and a new believer will cuss so loudly, I have to edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> That's what kind of church we're in right now. But we're all going through a process. And is it okay to have a church that lets somebody go through a process? You know, the gym shouldn't be the only judgment-free, no-clunker zone. Because if you're a spiritual heavyweight, I bet you I can take you back to the basics on some things that you're failing to. Can I get a well? We're all learning here. And even the ones that can take the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the historical context, I can show you how you're failing so hard in your marriage right now. And your wife would say, Pastor Mike, go ahead and do it. 
And so let's kill the Pharisee inside and let's receive what God has. Can we do that? Can we be a church that is like a, a religious spirit Pharisee killing church? Where we celebrate the basics. Can we be a good community pool that has a shallow end and a deep end? You know what? That's okay. Because people drown in the deep end and people get bored in the shallow end. So we're going to do both. All right? And I thank you guys for giving each other grace. We're going to look at something. Matthew chapter 16, verses 7 through 12 right now. So you can turn to your Bibles. Julie's Bible glows, but I get too many notifications and that spiritual warfare and all the demons in hell start texting me and I get distracted. So my phone, my uh, Bible does not glow. My Bible is printed on this stuff called paper. And um, if you guys have a Bible like this, you can take it out and go to Matthew chapter 16, verses 7 through 12. And I just want to start out while you're, you know, there's no shame in the table of contents either. Am I right? You know, I have some people who have told me in the last couple of weeks, Pastor Mike, I felt bad because as you were going through the scriptures, I couldn't keep up. And what I would say to you is don't ever feel bad for that. You're here. That's the most important part. Am I right? And just take notes and write it down and go deeper throughout the week. But um, if you're in the book of Matthew, it'll look a little bit like this. <laughs> okay. And before we get into it, I want to embarrassingly admit something to you. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I kind of live this existence like a cyborg. If I was born in an era without modern technology, you would know then that I am the dumbest person alive. And I have faked a lot of people out into thinking that I'm very administrative, but it's just because my phone reminds me of everything. I even have a thing on my phone where I press down the button and I tell Siri, remind me every day at nine o'clock to pray for my wife. And every day at nine o'clock it hits and I remember again because I forgot again. And so Siri can actually work in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. You know that, right? They're a good team. And so for me, what I've been doing is going on this journey and, and, and I'm really at the end of the day, I'm an artist, you know, I mean, I, I really, I feel life, you know, life is life. And I just roll around in fields, you know, and I philosophize and I, um, <laughs> that's my, that is my default mode. When you, when we get on the other side and you're in heaven, you're like, where's pastor Mike? You're going to see me just roll, frolicking. I think that's the word frolicking. He's frolicking. He grew out a big beard and he's frolicking for eternity. That's my default mode, but everyone thinks that I'm just like the CEO because my phone keeps buzzing and reminding me of these things. And, and so it's funny to Julie to actually people think that I'm this high capacity guy now because I've grown because your nature doesn't have to be your destiny, right? And I say all that to say I forgot her birthday and our anniversary for the first three years of our marriage. And one of these days it was going to be a sermon, <laughs> but it wasn't a sermon when it happened, baby. <laughs> That'll ruin your marriage. Forget your, your husband or wife's uh, birthday and anniversary and they both happen around the same time. That's bad. And the reason why I say that is because uh, in my frolicking and in my artist's mind, I just, I would just, I'm very much in the moment. Like right now I'm preaching to you. I am nowhere else. I'm in this room right now, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. When I drive a car, I'm actually in the car. Julie in her mind is in eight different places and she's driving with her knee and texting and smoking a cigar and whooping the kids. I don't have that ability to do that. She did her whole offering message on wine, you know, she's already suspect. But anyways, you know, this is not comedy hour. You know, I'm making you laugh because I'm getting ready to hit you, right? I'm softening you up before the blow, okay? But here's the thing. 
And the reality is we have this, this uh, uncanny ability to remember the wrong things and forget the right things. We have this uncanny ability. I, am I the only one that is susceptible to this phenomenon where the things that really count in life are oftentimes the things that you forget first? I mean, some of us in this room have actually forgot our own name when someone called on us to talk in front of a group. Like you literally forgot your identity and amnesia set in. That's the level that we're on mentally. And so the thing that I feel like God's got to shut down this service, to shut down this endless weekend is remember not. And the Bible gives us very clear directives about what to remember and what to forget. And I am so excited because Jesus, and this is why I love it, because some of you are like me and you stay stuck on stupid. It's like a mode, like you were born with this prodigious ability, but you just clicked into stupid and stayed there. Am I the only one? And yet Jesus has graced us by actually telling us what to remember and what to forget. So are you ready to learn today? Matthew chapter 16 says this, it says, thinking he was scolding them for forgetting bread, they discussed in whispers what to do. It's like your boss tells you, you know, you, when you're around your boss and you know you messed up and you all start saying, oh man, he's coming, what do we do? That's what's happening with the disciples right now. It says, Jesus knew what they were doing and said, uh, why are you all, wor all these worried whispers about forgetting the bread? Runt believers. Wow, okay. Haven't you caught on yet? Don't you remember? Say remember. The five loaves of bread and the 5,000 people and how many baskets of fragments you picked up? Or the seven loaves that fed 4,000 and how many baskets of leftovers you collected? Haven't you realized yet that bread isn't the problem? The problem is these pharisaical yeast, then, then they got it. Okay, so here's what I want to say. The first thing that Jesus says to remember, remember his provision. Remember, it's so easy to forget his provision. So easy to forget about all the times that he stopped you from going under, all the times that he saved you, all the times that he sent somebody to bless you or somebody bailed you out. And for me, it was funny because I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, if ever I forget the provision of God, I just need to look down at these extra five pounds and realize that I live in an, a land of abundant bagels. And God, and, and you know, just like David said, my seed has never uh, gone begging for bread. I have never gone begging for bagels here on Long Island. And so the first thing that Jesus says is don't ever forget my provision. And maybe you showed up and the reason why you're in this house right now, because it's not a movie theater, it's the house of God, right? When we transform it and get intentional about, about being in these rows is that you needed a reminder that God has got you. You are not your own. Do you know that God will take better care of you than you do of your cell phone? Do you know that he will hold you in the palm of his hand better than you hold that cell phone? Do you know that he cares for you more than the birds that neither sow nor reap, yet there's provision for them? Did you know that the lilies of the field that sprout up, they don't toil, but they're clothed by their very design? And how many of you know that you're designed for greatness and that you're coming up in this field called Long Island, New York City, and God's got provision for you. So that's the first thing. If you're taking notes, remember supernatural provision. And I want to say this, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a pastor. Okay. 
I'm a pastor with maybe an entrepreneurial flair, but at the end of the day, I believe in the supernatural. And what Jesus was reminding them in Matthew chapter 16 was, yo, I don't operate in the world's parameters or boundaries. I multiply that which is biologically impossible to multiply. Okay, so what he was saying as they were whispering amongst themselves, he said, hey, and I love, he actually called them runt believers. He didn't deny that they're believers. He just said, you're runts. And you're going to graduate one day into full-on apostles. But right now you're runts because you forgot that we just multiplied so much bread and loaves and fish that we had leftovers. And some of you in this room, you are a believer, but it's time to graduate runt phase. And say, I'm not a runt anymore. I believe in God's supernatural ability to multiply. Can I get an amen on that? You got to partner with God. God will do it. I want to tell you guys a quick story before we go on to the second point is that Julie and I have been in situations in our life where people, I'm, I told this story before, I'm going to say it again. This is a supernatural thing. Um, when we first moved back to Indiana to do an apprenticeship, to learn how to become church planters and lead pastors, we were the number two at a 2000 person church and we had never pastored at a church bigger than 150 people. We had no idea what we were doing. We still don't. Hashtag obedience, right? Just do it. Listen to God and do what he says. Get, get that tattooed on your forehead. And we were doing what God called us to do, but we had just moved across country. And we had a woman come up to us and say, hey, I just want to tell you guys that I was in prayer and the Lord spoke to me this number and I wrote a check and I want to give it to you. And what she didn't know is the night before, Julie and I were figuring our budget and it came up negative, a very specific dollar amount with like, I'm talking dollars and cents. And she wrote the check for the amount exact. So when you try to tell me with your atheistic, secular, humanistic Disney mind that the power begins and ends with the human will, I'm here to tell you there's one stronger and his name is Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that there is a supernatural realm and if you taste it, baby, I will tell you, you will never thirst for anything other than that supernatural dimension again and no YouTube philosopher will ever be able to talk you out of what you know, that you know, that you know that God is real. Is there anyone here who can say God is real? Someone's like, well, if somebody wrote me a check for what I was short, <laughs> I'd believe it. Get in God's perfect will and see what happens. Get out of his permissive will where you keep openly and, and radically disobeying and start radically obeying and see what happens then, okay? You're like, he is mean. I knew it. <laughs> the second one is this, remember Lot's wife. Jesus specifically told us, so take your Bible and go over to Luke chapter 17. So we're in the Gospels. We're going through the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And uh, what's so incredible about this, and I'm going to stay here for a while, for all two and a half hours of this message. I just wanted to pause long enough so the first time guests were like, this is the worst decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> It's going to be over. We know that we got to get some baptisms on, but I've got to say, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. And for those of you who didn't have the, the coloring book in your um, vacation Bible school, or maybe the coloring book that you had in your children's church or children's ministry when you were growing up of Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, like bursting into flames and God raining down like fire from heaven and people gurgling on their last breath. Did you all have that coloring book that we had? in Indiana 
Um, so what happened was, very few laughs on that one. <laughs> Everyone's like, we haven't repented yet, Pastor Mike. I'm a little scared. We haven't got to that point in the service, but in that, in, in, in this portion of the Bible, we have this story of God basically getting to the point with the region where he said that I am just done with their blatant disobedience and rebellion against me. And you have this episode where uh, it was being destroyed. And as God's uh, supernaturally with angels actually bringing Lot and his wife out, she makes the, de the decision to turn around and to look back. And she's turned into a pillar of salt. And so let me just read this. It was the same in the time of Lot. The people carrying on having a good time, business as usual, right up to the day that Lot walked out of Sodom and a firestorm swept down and burned and burned everything to a crisp. This is the message version. That's how it will be sudden total when the Son of Man is revealed. When the day arrives and you're out working in the yard, don't run into the house to get anything. And if you're out in the field, go back and get your coat remember what happened to Lot's wife everyone say remember if you grasp and cling to life on your terms you'll lose it but if you let that life go you'll get life on God's terms you know I really struggled with this because I'm thinking in my mind like what was the sin that was so bad that as, as Lot's wife looked back at, at her home and her life and everything that she had known in flames as the destruction of God comes upon it, that she herself was turned into a pillar of salt. And I think as I begin to meditate on this word for today, what God spoke to me is that she wasn't looking, she was longing. And my question to you, Facebook stalkers, as you are going to your ex's page on Facebook, are you looking at it? Are you longing for it? As you go back into your mind, some of us have, have you peaked in high school. The last time you did anything great was that one touchdown you scored when they took you off a water boy because someone got an injury and put you on and you're still revisiting that place in your mind. Are you looking back or are you longing? And I think what happens is this, oftentimes we make our home in the same place. Are you hearing me? We make our home in the same place that we make our tragedies. And so when God is actually trying to remove us from that thing, we have this, this uncanny ability to forget what he said. He said, I'm going to bring you out. No turning back. Don't even look at that thing. I've got something better for you. And maybe you're the, the internet troll who trolled me on my Facebook post earlier this week and said, well, we can't forget our past because we're supposed to learn lessons from it. Yes, that is true. But your past isn't supposed to be a classroom with the doors locked. You're not supposed to be trapped in that place of learning. Take the lessons, but leave the longing. Take the lessons, but leave the longing. It's the longing because when home is connected in the same place that tragedy is connected, even when God destroys it and begins to bring you out, if you don't leave the longing, you're never going to leave the tragedy. And see, what happens in our lives sometimes is as God begins to migrate us back, and I, I love these shirts that we baptized. This is my, my shirt from last year. It was actually one year ago now that we baptized 18 people at Jones Beach, and we have these shirts, No Turning Back. And it's our mantra, and yes, there's lessons to be learned from the past, but let the past be the past. 
You know what I'm saying? And God's trying to do a new thing. And you show up to church, you're like, I don't like this song. We used to sing this one song in 97 that got the place lit. You know what I'm saying? And they got all these new instruments and stuff. It sounds like a robot at church. If I wanted that, I would just listen to the radio. Come on now, God's got something new for you. Do you know that 50% of the entire global population is 25 years and younger? Do you know that? And the church does a really good job of making it feel like we don't exist for them. Because we're like, we don't care what you prefer and the styles of music that you like. We're going to do our thing. And so how many of you know that a new thing is springing up all around you? How many of you know that God is bringing you to a future that looks better than what it looks like right now? And I just think about how Lot's wife was robbed of this glorious thing that God was bringing her to because she longed after she looked. And the trap that you have for your past is to begin to long in the places that God's trying to release you from. And you know, it's just like, I'm telling you, if the only testimony that you got about what God has done in your life is from five years ago, it's time for another miracle. If the only story you got is your salvation story 26 years ago, but you find yourself addicted to alcohol all over again, it's time for the chains of addiction to be broken today. Come on, it's time for a new testimony, a new miracle, a new story. Remember Lot's wife so you can forget the idea of being her. Let's go on with this. Remember Lazarus. This is in Luke chapter 16, verse 22. We're going to pick up the pace. It says, then he died, the poor man, and was taken up by the angels to the lap of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. So you have a rich man and a poor man both died. In hell and in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham in the distance and Lazarus in his lap. And then he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy, have mercy. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool my tongue. I'm in agony in this fire. And so, but Abraham, Abraham said, child, remember, everyone say, remember, remember that in your lifetime, you got the good things and Lazarus got the bad things. It's not like that here, here he's consoled and you're tormented. Remember not to take comfort in the things that won't comfort you on the other side. Let me say it again. Remember not to take comfort in the things that won't comfort you on the other side. I almost threw this point out when I was writing this message, but I felt like somebody needed to hear that on the other side of this life, hell is real. Is that okay to say that? I know that's not PC. Is that all right? And, and what he's saying, and Jesus specifically said, remember, remember, remember this. There's a power in remembering that there is this rich guy who got all of his material needs satiated in this life, but on the other life, because he didn't know Christ, because he didn't know the Messiah, because he wasn't saved, all of a sudden he died and he was tormented and it was too late. I loved Alex's story that played for you guys because as he had that knife in the car and somebody intervened and stopped him from killing himself, it was God just so intimately weaving himself into his life to say, if you're not dead, you're not done. I've got a purpose and a plan for you. And now Alex is here at V1 Church and he's alive and he's raising up people with media and cameras and he's fulfilling his destiny. He's beginning to get into what God called him to do. It's okay to clap. And we've got people here. And so my message to you today is remember Lazarus. But here's something I, I want to switch it now. So those are the things that we're supposed to remember. Let me tell you the things that we're supposed to forget. And this is where it gets a little bit excited. Can I preach to you? 
There is a power in remembering and there's a power in forgetting. And Jesus would not have told us to remember and he would not have told us to forget if you didn't have control over that. Can I say that again for the people who struggle with nightmares, for the people who are tormented by their past, for the ones who feel that they can't get beyond the situations in their life because they're still reliving the horrors of the days before. Let me tell you, we would not have a biblical mandate to forget or a biblical mandate to remember if it wasn't possible to do it through his spirit. That's a powerful statement for somebody in this room or somebody listening right now forget Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 through 21 and my theologians knew I was going there today you can preach this with me this is what God says the God who builds a road right through the ocean who carves a path through the pounding waves the God who summons horses and chariots and armies they lie down and they can't get up they're snuffed out like so many candles forget everyone say forget Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. It's about, I'm about to do something new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say, thank you. Do I got any wild ones here who are willing to say, thank you? Do I got any wild ones here who are willing to say, thank you? You know, there are people who have said that Long Island is the graveyard of churches, but guess what? We've got a church that's alive and well right now. There are people who said nothing good will ever come out of this region, but how many of you know that God's making rivers in the desert places? That's a supernatural event when you say there ain't no way. You got some dry areas in your life. Some of you have been friendless for a long time. It's a wilderness, it's a desert. And how many of you know that what's getting ready to happen is that there are gonna be rivers welling up in the desert places of your life. I love how he says it's bursting out. That word bursting, you know what it means? To burst. It means to be so full of capacity that you can't contain it. And some of you haven't known what that's like because the, uh, the desert experiences the complete opposite. But he says, forget, I love this, forget about what's happened. You know why? Because if you're so fixated on what's happened, you'll miss what's happening. And see, the, the, I love the word bursting so much and, and it's so applicable to your life right now because what God's gonna begin to do is you're gonna have so much joy, the joy is gonna rupture you. You're going to have so much peace that the peace is going to burst out. That people around you, you're going to have conversations with people who say, oh man, I'm going through it so much, Chase. You don't even know. And you're going to say, man, I wish you had the peace that I have right now. And they're going to keep talking, but you have no idea. It's so bad. And you're going to say, man, I really wish that you just had the power that I have right now. And they're going to say, what power and what peace are you talking about? Well, something burst forth in my wilderness. And it's a supernatural joy, a supernatural power, a supernatural peace. Is there anyone here who who's saying, come on, God, bring it on. Is there anyone here who says, God, I'll give you permission to do it in my life? Israel at this time, to put it in proper context, they had a lot of failures. It was their mistakes that brought them into captivity. And, and I, I'm telling you, it's, it's oftentimes not the things that God allows, but the things that we do that brings us into a wilderness place of our life. And Israel when this word was being released to them, had been under a captivity by their own creation because of the own failures in their life. 
And there was such a grace in God saying, guess what? Everything's getting ready to change. And he was even beginning to prophesy the coming of his son, Jesus. And the message that I want you guys to get at V1 Church every Sunday, and I want this to be so loud and so clear like a resounding bell, like a clarion call, is that Jesus is the one who does the very thing that you cannot do in your own ability. This is when you leave the self-help section of Borders and Barnes and Noble and you say, I read all those books and they helped me for a season, but I'm still jacked up. This is when you kind of walk past that and your friends and your mentors and your counselors, all their answers have come up short and you've come to this desert place of desperation and you show up at church and you say, it's gotta be God. And then God says, I waited for you to get here the whole time because I wanted to make sure that there was no mistaking who is to get glory and credit for what's about to happen. And so if you found yourself in that place right now where you're like, yep, I'm about there. I need a medically verified miracle. It's that bad in my body. If you're at that place right now where you're saying, yeah, you know what? I've ruined my marriage so bad that we tried counseling. We tried the books and there's just no way it seems like it's beyond repair. If you're here right now and you're saying, you know what? I have just, yeah, there was a time where God used me and I was in the church and I was doing things, but I've, I've just walked away and I'm in this desert place. I want you to understand something today that the waters are going to begin to rise and the way that it's going to be bursting is that it's coming up from the ground below and it's coming down from the heavens above and God is getting ready to overtake you with his glory and his presence in a way that you've never known before I want to read you thank you for listening your experience doesn't have to end with this message visit us online at v1.church and send us a message if you would like to help v1 reach new york and beyond download the v1 church app for iphone and android and click give join us this sunday for our weekend celebration directions and info can be found on our website